Hello and welcome to episode 550 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva. The NFL draft is Thursday. Almost, almost makes you feel happy to be alive. On today's show, I'll be going full-blown Roger Goodell presiding over the annual ETR mock draft. For this exercise, we are joined by two of the best mock drafters in the space. By the way, when I say the best mock drafters, I don't use that uh, anecdotally. I use that because these guys actually get their mocks scored every year along with Evan and are two um, consistently among the best. It is Scott Smith of 4 for 4 and Ben Standig of The Athletic. Ben, how's it going today? Uh, it's going. There's a knock on wood. There hasn't been any uh, ownership news today for real. So any day that's, that happens, it's a good day. Yes. Ben is responsible for covering the Daniel Snyder uh, situation for The Athletic. Do not envy that. Anyways. Scott, how's it going? Good, man. Happy to be back. Uh, look, like I, it's always fun chopping it up with these two guys that are the goats in the industry. Been tore it up, champion of last year as far as the mock draft space. So uh, I'm just kind of weighing this down and trying to come in here and, and add a, a little bit of my own. Yes, Ben, the reigning champion. Evan, former champion of the mock draft contest, I believe. How's it going today? It's going well. Uh, Scott Smith is consistently one of the most accurate mock drafters on the planet. Ben Stanek has won the Huddle Report twice. Um, three times, it, actually. Three, three times. times. Unbelievable. Get out of here. That yeah, is just three times. Don't short, don't short the man. Jesus. My bad. All right. I, I capitulate, but I, I we, we got to be efficient today, though, boys. We got to be efficient. We got to get through 31 picks. This is going to be a very simple process here today. We're basically, we're going to alternate picks between these three guys. They will be picking on what the team on the clock will do, not what they should do. Let me repeat that. They were picking what the team they're picking for will do, not what they should do. We also are not including trades here for simplicity's sake. A couple quick housekeeping notes. On Friday morning, Evan and I will be joined by Anthony and Miko to recap round one and do a round two betting preview that will be a live stream on our YouTube. Head over there now, hit subscribe. It's free, so you get the reminder for Friday morning's show. Second, this show is indeed sponsored by our friends at Underdog Fantasy, expecting Best Ball Mania 4 to launch soon after the draft, and it's going to be absurd. $15 million prize pool for Best Ball Mania 4 on Underdog. If you don't have an Underdog account yet, promo code ETR will get you a $100 matching sign-up bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. Uh, before we get to the picks, I, I just wanted to talk to Ben and Scott quickly about this draft from a high level. The things we've heard, this is a very weak class. You know, most teams only have 15 to 17 guys with round one grades. There's quarterbacks out there getting absolutely slandered in the media like C.J. Stroud. There's quarterbacks out there getting slandered by fans like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. We have a goddamn running back being talked about in the top 10. We have no wide receivers people are talking about. We somehow have this historical tight end class, according to people. Scott, I'm curious if you think all this surrounding the draft is unique, makes it harder to mock. Any thoughts on this year's draft as a whole? Look, the the uniqueness is that Houston there sitting at two, and that's going to be where this draft like tilts and either goes off the off the rails or starts to kind of align. That's where you're going to see the biggest thing has been that you've had slander with both Will Levis early on in this process and, and Stroud here lately. And I I think when you start talking to some of these actual NFL evaluators and coaches and Look, the S2 test has gotten a lot of prominence here in the media this year, but not all of these teams, uh, you know, apply and adhere to this. And I think overall, 
whenever it comes down to it, these coaches and these evaluators trust their eyes and trust their own system. And when you go back and look at CJ Stroud and what he put out on the field, I think that's going to override some of the concern with this S2 test and some of these other things. Overall, as a class, I think they're weak at certain positions. But when you start to get into some of these edge rushers and, and defensive backs, they're a little bit deeper in some other positions as well. So overall, it's just another year. Um, the, the biggest thing is going to be that question mark there at two in the front. For sure. Ben, harder or easier than normal to do your mock drafts this year? Um, I probably say every year it's harder to do, but this year in particular does feel pretty hard. Like uh, it's been a, it's been a minute since I took the SAT, but like, you know, when they give you points for writing your name in for being realistic, somewhere in the first, like four to six picks of a draft, typically you can feel pretty confident. This team needs X and this guy is considered a stud. Go take this guy. I don't think that's the case here at all. I think yeah. starting at two, the, it, the, the opinions vary all over the place and all these prospects have, some flaws and I don't just mean little things but like enough that teams are going eh, I don't know even at the top so I think that does because obviously what happens at the top affects everything behind it and I think that's what's going to make this one really uh challenging all right the fans are ready we are underway the Carolina Panthers are on the clock in the annual ETR mock NFL draft order today is going to be Scott then Evan then Ben Scott then Evan then Ben etc cetera, etc cetera. so Scott you are on the clock with the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. Look, there's no reason to beat a dead horse here. I, I think you've seen it in the media over the last two weeks, the way the, the odds have kind of shifted and just the media narrative and everything. Uh, Bryce Young is, you know, got the best game film. He overall, the, the only thing he's missing and concern is, is the size. I think uh, Carolina has warmed up to him and he's going through the process. And I think Bryce Young's going to be the pick here at number one. You can put it in Sharpie. Yep. Bryce Young, the consensus, overwhelming, oh, like 96% implied probability right now to be the number one overall pick to the Panthers. Number two is where it starts to get interesting. I asked these guys who wants to take number two because the whole draft hinges on it. No one responded, so I said, screw it. Actually, Ben responded and said he'd take it, but I said, screw it. Let's just give it to Evan and see what he does at number two here. Evan, you are on the clock for the Houston Texans at number two, and you cannot trade. Yeah, and the quarterback from Kentucky is currently the betting favorite to go number two, ver two overall to the Texans. But I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think that the, Tex the Texans have enough draft capital that they can maybe use their number 12 pick to move back up. I know we're not doing trades in this one, uh, but I'm going to go with Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Uh, the Texans have a ton of needs, and I think that he's the number one player on their draft board. Okay, well, behind Bryce Young, who obviously went number one to the Panthers. Yeah, and, and you can get some five to one out there right now on Will Anderson to go two if you want it. And a lot of that is because some a lot of people or at least some people think Tyree Wilson, assuming they don't go quarterback, they'd actually take Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. No, number two pick still remains wildly out there. Evan goes with Will Anderson to the Texans at two. Ben is on the clock at three. Arizona, the team that clearly wants to trade the most, I think. I think I saw them characterized as desperate to trade out. The pro the problem is that I'm not sure how many teams actually want to move up here. So what are you going to get if you trade out? Anyways, there's no trades in this draft. Let's say Arizona sticks with the pick here. Ben, you're on the clock. Arizona at three. And I concur on the trade for them. And I also think whatever they get, if they do it, I suspect they'll do something, will be viewed as underwhelming. Because as I said before, I don't know if anybody is like feeling desperate to move up but look quarterbacks are here and there'll be uh, some teams that are going to want one and this will be a good pivot place to go especially ahead of the Colts that said um 
look, I I think you could typically for the drafts, we're thinking, how does this help a team this year? The Cardinals, you got to view it. What's going to help them next year? Because that's when Kyler Murray mm-hmm. will be back, which 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 kind of has me wondering about taking offensive line. But that's not been a projection. None of the linemen have been projected this high. So I'll sort of just stay with conventional thinking to a degree. Uh, if, if Will Anderson's gone, Tyree Wilson's there. Some teams definitely have questions about his foot that that required surgery uh, last year. It has not. He's not worked out this whole cycle, but. Tyree Wilson defensive end uh, I, I think is where I will go don't love it but that's why they want to trade <laughs> there is some smoke out today with Arizona and offensive line I think I saw some headline at Kyler wanting them to get Paris Johnson now Paris Johnson at three I think most people would consider to be a reach but one of the reasons I think they want to trade back so desperately is maybe offensive line is a real thing and you can certainly get some long shot prices out there on Arizona to take offensive line or one of those guys. Um, okay. Bryce Young is gone. Will Anderson is gone. Tyree Wilson is gone. Scott is on the clock at number four to the Colts. And you have any quarterback other than Bryce Young available to you, Scott. Go ahead. Number four, Colts. Yeah, the Colts uh, are going to be taking a quarterback here. Um, there's a lot of division within the industry and within mock drafts out there as to exactly who that quarterback's going to be. You know, there's situations where Arizona could trade out. You know, is the team going to move up to to take you know a different quarterback? Um, but here in this scenario, I, I early on in my process, I basically had Will Levis linked as one of the players that uh, Indianapolis liked even early on in the process. Um, he's also one of the quarterbacks that throughout the process has had a lot of shade thrown out him. But since those S2 scores have come out, he's kind of risen back up ahead of Stroud. So I'm going to go ahead and link Will Levis here to the Colts at four. So much smoke around Will Levis and the Colts there. And man, under four and a half on Will Levis is just getting absolutely pounded. It's like minus 450 now. So we'll see there on the Will Levis smoke. Evan at five, the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. Two quarterbacks and two pass rushers are gone. Yeah, and, you know, I think the quarterback should be under consideration here. But I think that the deal that Seattle gave to Geno Smith, like that quarterback is not going to play in year one. And he probably isn't going to play in year two. Uh, you know, if, if, if Geno can even be 80% as good as he was last year for the next two seasons, you don't want to be burning these quarterbacks' rookie contracts. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Now, I've there have been, I would say, several reports that Seattle is not super keen on him. Uh, Jalen Carter, you know, he's got some off-field stuff. He's got some on-field effort sort of concerns. But Seattle is a team that, that's willing to take risks in the draft, and I think that he is the best player remaining, Seattle Jalen Carter at number five. Yeah, if it wasn't for the off-field stuff, you'd be hearing a lot more about Jalen Carter in the top five. There's no doubt about that. Certainly one of the big storylines of the top ten, I think, is where – does Jalen Carter go? Evan goes ahead, goes ahead and takes him number five to Seattle. Ben is on the clock at number six now with the artist formerly known as Our Lions, the Detroit Lions. Ben, six picks for Lions. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping Evan would go with the quarterback here because that would let Jalen Carter fall but also makes it a little bit easier because it would have been a, still a debate for for me for Detroit with Jalen Carter or Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. Uh, but I, I just think at this point, I think that just is the way w- w- way to go. I mean, it's funny, like three months ago, I think a lot of people would have said Detroit needs to take a quarterback. 
to have like their succession plan. But the NFC is so bad that Detroit might come out of this draft being like viewed as the third or fourth best team. So I say they go for immediate help with Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I And I agree with you on Detroit as a whole. They're a big favorite to win the NFC North. And speaking of Devin Weatherspoon, Albert Breer tweeted today, two guys I think the NFL is higher on than people, blah, blah, blah. Number one he listed was Illinois seat cornerback Devin Witherspoon. So um, for what it's worth. Okay, Scott is on the clock. At number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so behind the scenes, uh, I have information that Devin Witherspoon is uh, highly rated and valued by uh, by the Raiders, and that uh, if he's there at seven, that that may be their pick. But here in this situation, um, they've been through a little bit of a monkey wrench into things and took him there at six. Um, so I'm going to pivot and go with the player that I, I think would also go ahead and, and fit in. I think you know the Raiders are kind of looking at offensive line a little bit. They, they've been linked a, a decent bit to, to Paris Johnson, but you know, that, that whole defense needs help. And uh, Chandler Jones is, is getting old, and I'm going to go with a player that compares, you know, similarly to T- Chandler Jones, and that's going to be Tyree Wilson, uh, Edge, out of Texas Tech. Tyree Wilson went number three to Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Correct, Ben? Yes, correct. Excuse yes. me. Panic. Panic in the Raiders' war room. They yes. they don't get Devin Witherspoon. <laughs> All right. They turn in a card if someone has already been taken. Panic. This we should leave that in, by the way. We should leave that in. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and pivot. We're going to stick with corner, and we're going to go with Christian Gonzalez, uh, defensive back out of Oregon. They don't get Devin Witherspoon, but, hey, they're going to go ahead and uh, get a, get another corner anyway. Um, look, his, his relative athletic score is through the roofs, one of the best players. And uh, I've had a little bit of pushback as far as, like, Christian Gonzalez being the first cornerback off the board. Um, over the last 10 years, there's only been one non-underclassman that came off the board as uh, the top cornerback, and that was Trey Waynes in 2015. But I do think Devin Witherspoon is probably going to be the first cornerback off the board, and uh, Christian Gonzalez is the second here. Yeah. I mean, Detroit and Las Vegas passing on quarterback here is not something that I don't think I would do, per se, but I get it to some degree. We still both have both C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson on the board as we get to Evan, pick eight, the Atlanta Falcons heading into the year, presumably with Desmond Ritter as their starter. Evan, pick eight and the Falcons, go ahead. And I like how this mock is turning out because the quarterbacks are slipping a little bit, and I think that's what's actually going to happen on draft day, uh, I'm writing an article, 10 things I think about the draft. And I think number one is going to be the quarterbacks are going to slip a little bit further than, than people think. I mean, they're just behind behind Bryce Young, who's five foot 10, just a lot of flaws uh, in this quarterback class. But I bet the Falcons to draft CJ Stroud at number eight overall at 22 to one. And I'm going to win that in this mock. <laughs> and we're taking uh, CJ Stroud at number eight overall. And, and we're loving it mm-hmm. because Desmond Ritter, He's going to be a good backup in the league, but that's what he's going to be in the league. He's going to be a backup to C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud stops his fall with the Falcons at eighth overall. We move to a team who has committed to Justin Fields as their quarterback. Pick nine is the Chicago Bears. Ben is on the clock for them. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so this is one team where I don't have to really worry about quarterback here um offensive line has felt like well if they had stayed at one i think we'd all be looking at defensive linemen for sure and there's a couple of defensive ends on the board but i I feel like offensive line you know that that position has not been attacked yet here in this mock draft so 
I'm going to go with uh, Paris Johnson, offensive tackle from Ohio State, to give uh, his, the Ohio State quarterback here some some more help up front. Yeah, I mean, Bears just need talent, period, I think, at, at almost every position. And so, yeah, I, I think Paris Johnson makes plenty of sense there. Ten, we have really interesting spot. Eagles, when the Super Bowl last year, of course, have this pick, thanks to King Howie, 10th pick. Scott is on the clock for the contending Eagles. So the Eagles are uh, kind of making a luxury picks here. I think they're, they can move up if uh, they, you know, Jalen Carter were to slow down. I think uh, there's a good possibility to see them maybe trade up ahead of Chicago with the either seven or, or eight there with Atlanta. Um, but here in this position, I, I think there's three players that you can go ahead and, and look at. And I think that's going to be Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, and then even Peter Skaronsky. Um In this situation, um, it's been noted that uh, Philadelphia is going to go ahead and probably transition to a more of a 3-4. They have Hassan on one side and uh, the guy that I like that tends to make the most sense with uh, the contracts and age of some of their edge rushers. I think I'm going to go with Nolan Smith here. Nolan Smith. Yes, classic. Eagles pick would be Nolan Smith there at 10. Now, as we get to 11 with Tennessee here, Evan, they should be theoretically doing cartwheels, assuming they have a reasonable evaluation on Anthony Richardson. I have no idea if they do or not, Evan, if board plays out like this, how do you think the Titans would play it at 11 overall? Yeah, I'm going to pass on Anthony Richardson here. They're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill. They're going to trade Derrick Henry about, you know, it's something that has been rumored about. And they're going to draft B. John Robinson oh, baby. at number 11. I think that across the league, and I understand our, 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 you know, sort of bias against running backs. I mean, it's based, it's evidence-based, okay? It's really not bias. It's evidence-based. But... I think that across the league, teams value Saqu- or, uh, B. John Robinson in the, in the same way they did Saquon Barkley. And I think he's a top five player on like every single team's board, even though he plays a, a devalued position because they can justify him as a true playmaker because he's so good in the receiving game. So Titans are going to build their offense around B. John Robinson for the next four or five years. Yeah, I, my problem would be like, they're not good enough, I don't think, for Bijan to like be like the crowning piece on a team. But one thing I would say in Bijan's favor here is that because the draft is so weak, you're going to get to a spot on these teams' boards where like Bijan is so far and away the most talented player on a lot of these teams' boards as we get into like the teens and stuff like that. That at some point it's like, God, let me just take the most talented player by 3x or 4x or whatever we have. And so, yeah, you know, I, I think it's certainly possible. We've also heard Bijan Robbins to Atlanta stuff leaked, which I think would be an absolutely egregious pick, but. We've also heard as high as eight with Bijan Robinson. We will see there. All right. Ben's on the clock at 12 with Houston. In this mock, Evan took Will Anderson with the Texans' first pick. Ben, you're back on the clock here at 12 for the Houston Texans. Yeah, I'm kind of distracted wondering where Derrick Henry is going now. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but, but that aside, uh, this is a pretty simple one here. I mean, obviously the Texans – passed on quarterback at two but you're telling me anthony richardson is still on the board uh whether he plays this year or not i personally wouldn't play rookie quarterbacks much this is a this is feels like a no-brainer for for houston they don't have much else at quarterback to say the least so anthony richardson quarterback uh florida agreed no-brainer evan do you want to follow up we can't leave the people hanging the derrick henry rumor was or purported by uh, a guy watch American uh, Ninja Warrior with my kids about about the uh, Derek Henry. Akbar Gabaja Bilamila. Yeah, yeah, and I love the guy. Yeah. Believe me, he's so yeah. good on American. Well, he, American you know, Ninja he Warrior. used to work for NFL Network. Yeah, 
yeah. I mean, it's not like that dude isn't plugged in. I mean, I yeah. don't know if he's going to be right or not, but yeah, he put out the rumor that the Eagles were going to right. trade for Derrick Henry. It's just hard to see the Eagles fitting it in the cap, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Certainly could be some veteran trades. There's been a lot of more veteran trades the last couple of years for sure. Okay. Scott is on the clock for the New York Jets at 13, expecting this Aaron Rodgers trade to be done sooner rather than later. Scott, go ahead, pick 13 to the Jets. Look, Broderick Jones has been uh, the chalk on most boards, uh, you know, here and a lot of mock draft industry uh, going here to the Jets. But in this situation, Peter Skaronsky drops down. Um, his versatility of being able to have played all five positions, um, you know, there, there's been some good reports that Mekhi Becton has slimmed down and, and may end up being able to come back. I, I think when you start looking at Skaronsky, he's the most pro-ready of these offensive tackles. Um, his arms are a little bit of short. That's why they tend to project him more as a guard. But I think, you know, he could move in and, inside the guard and, and be a Brandon Scherf level guard. But uh, if Mekhi Becton's not ready, he's also going to have that versatility to go ahead and kick out the tackle if need be. So he's going to be the pick here for the Jets and uh, protecting Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Pierce Gronsky to the Jets at 13. Evan is on the clock at 14 for the New England Patriots. I'm sure at this point, the New England Patriots fans will be clamoring for wide receiver help. No wide receiver won yet in this draft. Evan, what say you for Patriots at 14? Yeah, I just don't think any of the receivers are worth it. You know, uh, Jackson Smith in, in Jigba probably is talented enough, but he's also sort of limited as a slot receiver. And he barely played football last year. And I think and they just gave Juju a bunch of money and they just gave Juju a bunch of money. I'm going with Lucas Van Ness. I think that he's a relatively safe pick. He looks like a Patriot uh, edge rusher out of Iowa. Lucas Van Ness to the Patriots at 14 overall. All right. We get back to Ben at 15. Green Bay is in a bit of a rebuild here as they get on the clock to enter the Jordan Love era. Ben, Packers yeah. 15. Obviously, this is, you know, where you could talk about receiver or tight end. We know the history that this is not a thing that the Green Bay, though, does in first round. It would be funny if they did it this year, if they move on from Rodgers. That said, um, you know, there's other ways to help an, a quarterback and offensive line can do that. Broderick Jones is sitting there. Green Bay always seems to have a billion injuries on their line. So I'm going to go with uh, Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Broderick Jones to the Packers. Scott is a Commanders fan from his youth. I don't know if he's still a Commanders fan. However, Scott, 16, the Commanders are on the clock. What say you? Look, I, I think they've got a few options. Uh, I by no means am the the Washington beat reporter on the on the show today, but uh, as a fan, I'm going to go with the pick that I hope they pick, and uh, that's going to be Darnell Wright. I think there is uh, a lot to be said for a couple other players, specifically in the secondary, whether that be Brian Branch or Deontay Banks, or kind of the other two players that I'm leading. But you know, I, I think there's a lot of smoke as far as Darnell Wright moving up, moving up the draft period with some of the evaluations. Is he only a, a you know? specifically just the right tackle. I don't think that necessarily means much. I think Washington would go ahead and move the offensive line around. And uh, for a team that wants to run the ball, I think Darnell Wright would make a bunch of sense. Yes. Don't tell Darnell Wright that he can only be a right tackle. He may come at you uh, in the DMs. I'll just leave it there. Uh, ben, I'd be remiss to have you on the show and not get your comment here. If the board plays like this, you are the commander's reporter. Do you agree with the Darnell Wright pick? Do you think it might be someone else for the commander's? 
I, I do. I think my only question with Wright is, is he there? Uh, there's definitely some uh, some sort of people out there who think he's maybe no less than the second best offensive lineman in this class, that he's only a, sorry, that he hypothetically may only be viewed as a right tackle. <laughs> um, could it have some teams limited him? But yes, I, I think to me for Washington tackle or cornerback slash defensive back, if you, if you consider Brian Branch uh, is the way to go. If you're looking secondary, I would say maybe keep an eye on uh Emmanuel Forbes, he may be more of a target if they trade down, but his playmaking stands out, and I, I, I get a sense that they are at least at a minimum intrigued uh, by him more than, say, Joey Porter Jr., who I don't think is much of a scheme fit for them. Okay. That was your commander's beat writer corner portion of the show. <laughs> we'll move on with the draft now. Pick 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Evan is on the clock for the Steelers. Yeah, I think the Steelers could go a number of ways with this pick. I think that a certain tight end out of Notre Dame is clearly the best player remaining. Ever? <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes, ever. Um, but, I mean, they're not going to draft him with Pat Fryermuth, you know. So, I'm going to go with Brian Branch, cornerback Alabama. You look at the Steelers' depth chart in the secondary right now. It's pathetic. I mean, they're leaning a lot on Patrick Peterson Keanu Neal might be starting at safety for them. Levi Wallace, Arthur Millette, they need help on the back end. Brian Branch is going to start at, uh, at slot corner right away in Pittsburgh. Okay, Brian Branch, some defensive help for the Steelers as they continue on with the Kenny Pickett era. And is on the clock, 18 for the Lions' second pick of the draft. Ben also picked for the Lions at pick six, took Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback. Ben, now 18 Lions. Yeah, you know, I think with one of these two picks, uh, Detroit's, I don't say have to, but I think they would like to come away with a defensive lineman. Uh, There's still, it feels like we've hit the next tier down, but there's still some interesting names. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh, he's a, a guy I'm fascinated to see where he goes. It feels like it could be somewhere here. It could slip maybe even uh, just to the top of the second round. But I, I think for Detroit, this makes a sense from a, a need standpoint. So I'll go Kalaja Kansi, defensive tackle, Pittsburgh. Yeah, there were some minus 200 out there on Clancy to go uh, in round one that I did end up taking. But yeah, I certainly don't feel great about it. But yeah, I think there's a lot of steam around him for sure. Um, Scott, 19 Tampa Bay Bucks. God, I mean, the Bucks are out here. Everybody else is talking about all this exciting stuff. The Bucks are out here being like today. We really feel good about Baker Mayfield and, and Kyle Trask. I mean, that's the headline out of Tampa it is is tough scenes right now for them Scott 19 Tampa look the Bucks are in a, a division that is weak as can be and I, I think they're trying to convince themselves that they can still compete and then you start looking at their team like I really don't know what the direction of their team is they're talking about getting rid of Mike Mike Evans possibly uh you know they're they, they need offensive line a lot of the offensive linemen have, have kind of fallen off Anton Harrison might be the the one that's left but this feels like it's too early you know secondary they lost some players there during the offseason and so that's the the route that I'm gonna go is I'm gonna go secondary and I'm gonna go Deontay Banks cornerback out of Maryland Deontay Banks yes a lot of people are really into Deontay Banks and this mock Deontay Banks does indeed go ahead of Joey Porter Evan is back on the clock, pick 20 to Seattle now. Seattle, Evan had a pick five, took Jalen Carter. Evan back on the clock now for Seattle at pick 20. 
Seahawks at number 20. Started off with Jalen Carter, obviously at number five. Jackson Smith and Jigba is, I think, the best receiver in the draft. Um, Tyler Lockett is still really good. He's entering his age 31 season. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba slots right in at slot receiver. Tyler Lockett can move around. And DK Metcalf is your classic perimeter alpha X. I think the Jackson Smith and Jigba, like this team is willing to throw the ball now. Uh, they have a lot of faith in Geno Smith. They paid him a lot of money. And let's give him another weapon. Yeah, it's hard to win in today's NFL without two or three really, really good NFL wide receivers. I would certainly like this haul. For Seattle to come away with both JSN and Jalen Carter, I think that'd be an interesting haul for them in the first round. To Ben for the Los Angeles Chargers at pick 21. Look, I'm an independent thinker here, but I'm being swayed by Evan's pained expression every time Michael Mayer goes down the board. Um, I, I think that uh, tight end has been a, 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 a pick that people wanted to give to the Chargers for a variety of reasons. And I think what makes Mayer stand out to me more than Dalton Kincaid is his ability as a blocker that he's the better all around threat. And it gives fine. You're not giving Justin Herbert an offensive lineman, but you're giving him some help as a blocker and a guy that can catch the ball. So at 21 for the chargers, I'll go Michael Mayer tight end Notre Dame. Great pick. Yeah. My only take on that is the chargers need speed so bad. And they've been linked to Jordan Addison, some and, and guys like that. I, I think that would be better for Justin Herbert's fantasy outlook, but Mayer's probably just a better player straight up. So, yeah, I, I think that's... I think if Mayer is gone by now, which he should be, then I think Addison should probably be the favorite. Yeah. To, yeah. To be the I mean, they need, they need someone who can get down the field so badly uh, do the Chargers. Scott picked 22, the Baltimore Ravens, embroiled in the Lamar Jackson controversy for the last couple of months. What say you for the Baltimore Ravens at pick 22? Yeah, I think there's a couple of directions that the Ravens could go. I actually think the Ravens are going to be one of the teams that are looking to to trade back. I forget if it's five or six, but they don't have many picks um, compared to what they normally have on a year in and year out basis. And then Baltimore is also a team that it seems like every year, whenever talent starts to dip and slide down the board, they're the ones that's there to scoop them up and, and, and add them to the roster. Um, this this particular like spot, I think they're really going to be looking for cornerback. Um, you know, the two that are kind of left there, you, you're sitting there looking at Joey Porter Jr. But I'm going to actually go a little bit different route with Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Forbes, a lot of mocks have Forbes to the Giants here. So we'll I feel like Emmanuel Forbes has picked up a lot of late steam late yeah. in the process. Yeah, for sure. Evan, Vikings are on the clock at pick 23. I'm going to go Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson. The Vikings went to great lengths last year to address their secondary. Now they need help up front. Um, and they, they need to have to, you know, they need a guy who can get after the get after the quarterback. Miles Murphy is a high effort edge defender. Um, they need dudes up front. Period. Yeah. One of the most talked about props in the whole draft has been how many quarterbacks will go in the first round over under four and a half. I think people who have over would be hoping that Hendon Hooker went there at 23 to Minnesota, but not in this mock. It goes Miles Murphy now back to Ben at pick 24 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, obviously Jacksonville lost their best uh, offensive tackle in free agency, but it doesn't feel like there's one here that is worth this spot. They also, they'll need cornerbacks. 
you know, Joey Porter Jr. is a guy that's obviously been discussed as sort of a mid first round pick throughout the cycle. Does feel like he's slipping a bit, but Jacksonville can end that slide right here. So we'll have the Jaguars take Joey Porter Jr. cornerback out of Penn State. Yes. Shout out Penn State. Shout out to Joey. Scott on the clock. New York Giants at 25 overall. Yeah, the Giants have quite a few needs along uh, both the offensive line and in the secondary. And then even when you start talking about their weapons, uh, they just signed Danny Dimes to quite the contract. And I think they need to get him some weapons. Um, here, we start talking about how weak of a wide receiver draft this is. Jackson Smith and Jigba was the first one off the board. Um, you know, the, the issue I kind of have with these three receivers that we have left that are kind of projected to go in the first round is two of them are quite small. And when you start looking at what the Giants have, you know, their wide receivers are all small. So I'm going to give them the bigger one out of three left and uh we're gonna go with quentin johnston out of tcu that's quentin johnston out of tcu yeah talk to ron on a little bit about giants pick he didn't seem to think that they would take offensive line or he wasn't confident they would take offensive line he thinks cornerback or wide receiver but uh yeah we'll see there for the giants at 25 pick 26 dallas cowboys evan is on the clock We're going to end Dalton Kincaid's little slide here uh, out of Utah. Vertical tight end. I know he's got some some issues that at his pro day he showed up. He, he looked like he weighed two, 220, 225. You know, he's got some, uh, a lingering back injury. That's why he slides a little bit. I still think he's a first-round player. I mean, he's a top-10 player in Daniel Jeremiah's top 150. So, um, Dalton Kincaid to the Cowboys. Dalton Kincaid, pass-catching tight end to replace – Dalton Schultz it is on the clock with an interesting pick. Everybody says the Bills want to make a splash. The Bills want to make a splash. The Bills want to make a splash. I don't know exactly what that means. Some people take that to mean trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Who knows what the Bills are going to do to try to get over the hump and win a Super Bowl here. Ben, what say you on Bills at 27 overall? You know, if the board fell this way with Hendon Hooker still out there, like this would be a team I could see trading out of the first round uh, to a team that wants to move up. Obviously, we're not doing trades but just wanted to mention that uh part of me wants to go with with an offensive lineman i'm just always a a sucker for building up lines and osiris torrance the guard from florida is still out here but to your point of a splash you know the giving josh allen another weapon would seem to make a lot of sense uh to go with what they have with stefan Diggs. so give me zay flowers wide receiver out of boston college I, i just think that would be a really fascinating guy to, to join that group. I might have gone Quentin Johnson, uh, Quentin Johnston if he was there, but he is not. So I'll go Zay Flowers from Boston College. Yeah, Evan and I talked about this a bunch. Like down the stretch, the Bills needed more weapons for Josh Allen. Like it can't just be all Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis did not have a good year at all. I think Zay Flowers would be an awesome pick for the Bills. Scott, 28, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Yeah, I think uh, when you start looking at the Bengals' needs, that secondary is one of the the bigger issues they have. But I don't really have, you know, in this this scenario, many of the the upper level cornerbacks, and uh, there's really not any other safety besides Brian Branch. So we're going to pivot a little bit. In 2022, the Bengals did a lot of, of research on all the tight ends that were in the draft. Um, a lot of a lot of analysts are, are projecting that there could be three, and I'm going to go with the third one here since uh, Kincaid and. Uh, you know, that other bomb, Michael Mayer, is off the board already. We're going to hey, go with hey, uh, hey, Darnell hey. Washington yes. out of Georgia. Yes. Love it. So uh, – they're, they're new Jermaine Gresham. 
Yeah. Running it back. This uh, this was one I I took and we put out at plus 300 or so over under two and a half tight ends in the first round. Obviously, I think Kincaid and Mayer will both go in the first round. It just comes down to hopefully, like Scott said, a team like the Bengals willing to take a shot on this total athletic freak like Darnell Washington. Evan, 29, the Saints are on the clock. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good buddies with uh, Nick Underhill. Uh, and uh, actually, me and Scott and Nick uh, got a chance to hang out in New Orleans uh, not too long ago. That was a blast. Um, I've talked to him, and he thinks they're going to go edge. And I think that Will McDonald out of Iowa State is higher rated among NFL teams than he is in the media. I actually think he could – he's like a sleeper to be like a top 15 pick. But at number 29, I think he's a no-brainer. They rushed this card in. Will McDonald to the New Orleans Saints. Ben, back on the clock for the NFC East Philadelphia Eagles making their second pick. This is their own pick, of course. Eagles on the clock at 30, Ben. So we had them taking Nolan Smith, the defensive end from Georgia, at 10. They needed D-line depth, so they've at least done that at a minimum. Uh, guard, you know, they obviously lost uh, one in the offseason, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I see that. I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card here. I, I'm one of those people who thinks they should – take a longer look at Bijan Robinson at 10 simply because they've got this window right now. Uh, they're going to be the clear favorite in the NFC, take advantage of it. So instead of with Bijan long gone, Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. I mean, playing with this team behind that line, I think he could be the rookie of the year. So give me Jameer Gibbs running back Alabama at 30. Yeah. And the Gibbs stuff today, I mean, I don't know if this is agent driven or what, but McShay is out here saying that teams have Bijan and Gibbs close together, Gibbs ahead. Uh, Peter King said the same thing. He's talked to teams that have Gibbs rated ahead of Bijan. I mean, I don't know that I buy any of this stuff, but there's certainly a lot of Jameer Gibbs smoke right now as him being a first round pick. That line has absolutely cratered over under one and a half running backs in the first round is down to like Minus 105, minus 110 on the over. At a minimum, I mean, there have been people throughout this time have said he's like a top 15 prospect. And in a year in which nobody likes anybody, uh, you know, maybe talent wins out. Agreed. Agreed. Scott, last pick. This is a 31 pick round one this year. The Kansas City Chiefs on the clock for the final pick of the ETR mock draft. Scott, go ahead for the Chiefs. So a lot of mock drafts have had, uh, you know, the the Kansas City basically going at, at either edge or, or tackle. You know, they they did go ahead and 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 add a few pieces, but I think at, at tackle, I think they're a little bit more comfortable starting Lucas Niang at right tackle than what more people than what many people maybe think. Um, and along edge, look, they they let Frank Clark go ahead and and, and test the the free agency waters. He has not signed with anybody. I I think it's a strong possibility that you know when you have a team that's in championship contention every year and you have a player like Frank Clark. Clark that thinks so highly of Andy Reid. I think you could see a reunion at a reduced rate, you know, here during the offseason, maybe after the draft. Um, so I don't think edge is as big of a need as what some people think. Uh, Jordan Addison is going to be the player that has slipped down here in a, in a mock draft. They do still have a, a need at wide receiver. I think they would go ahead under this circumstance and, and go ahead and take Jordan Addison. And from my perspective, whenever I'm trying to get these mock drafts as accurate as possible, a big thing is trying to get as many of the top 32 players into the first round as possible. And, you know, looking at the way the board fell, looking at the, the, the person, you know, that, that we have there in Jordan Addison and a need to wide receiver, he's going to be the pick for Kansas City here to round oh. at the end of the first round. 
I hope you're aware, Scott, that if the Chiefs do take Jordan Addison, fantasy Twitter is going to absolutely lose their minds. They're going to be calling Jordan Addison the next Tyreek Hill uh, before uh, things get away from you. Uh, Does Sky Moore just stink? Is he is he just done? Uh, the overwhelming sentiment, I would say, it's you can not get positive. I, I'd say it's not positive on it's him. It's bad. Right now. I talked about that on Market Monday. Like nobody wants you can get Sky Moore in fantasy right now at like pick 180 overall or something crazy like that. I mean, it's it's no one wants Sky Moore. Some I, names that did not make it in. Yes. Joey Porter Jr. did not make it in. Yes, he correct? did. He, he did. Or, or, or he did. Okay. He went to Jacksonville at 24. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um uh Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver. I I you know, he's a guy that I think that teams are not as high on as the media potentially. I mean, I've heard like Jalen Hyatt sucks from, you know, from people. Um, and then uh, uh, Joe Tipman is a guy who I think could, could make it into the back end of the first round. I don't know. Any, any other guys stand out to you guys that, that didn't make it in uh, the top 30, 31. Uh, I talked to a couple teams over the weekend who trying to get, a, when I was trying to get a read on like Hendon Hooker and they seem to think pretty good chance he does go, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the problem is when you get past, Minnesota at 23, what team is taking right. them? It, it's hard that somebody's gonna have to trade in at that point. And that's where it gets challenging. Of course, we've seen people suggest he could go top 15. So right. that's a whole other world. Uh, no, Brian, I think trading trading back into the first round to get that fifth year option on Hendon Hooker, like we've talked about before, makes a lot of sense uh for that back end of the first round. Uh Brian Brise, the defensive tackle from Clemson, another guy who was uh, typically in first rounds that he also uh did not make it here. Yeah. Yeah, and the one player that I would add that I'm a, a huge fan of and, and was the top player on a freak list this year, and that's going to be Maisie Smith, defensive lineman out of Michigan. I think uh, he's got a few teams, uh, specifically with his athleticism, the way he moves at his size and what he, he can do, um, you know, like Buffalo and, and even Cincinnati there. I, I think teams in that range could all be looking at him as, as one of the late round, late first round picks. All right. This is awesome. Always a ton of fun hanging out with you guys doing this mock. Appreciate the time. I know it's a super, super, super busy week. Ben, tell the people where they can find you on the Twitter machine, where they can find your work. At Ben Standig. I feel like we have to spell these things out these days on Twitter. At Ben Standig on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, of course, fi- follow me on the, or find me on The Athletic, uh, both the uh, written word and on all my podcasts, Standig Room only. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of The Athletic. I have no interest. I have no uh, uh, stock or anything athletic whatsoever, but I I love The Athletic because it's Me just too. Like so, so deep. and It's uh, such a clean read, too, yeah. like on their app. I mean, it's it, – yeah, they, they've done a great job. And if you're into the draft stuff, Dane Brugler's Beast is comes with your subscription to The Athletic. I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm shilling The Athletic so hard. But I, anyways, Dane Brugler's, uh, Dane Brugler's Beast is awesome, and it comes with your – with your subscription and it's uh every single prospect everything you want to know he has like where these guys, kids like what happens the, with them with like their sixth grade teacher and stuff like that it's, it, it's completely it, insane it, it I, i'm into like the uh food show competition shows don't ask me why and like one of the prospects it said that his dad is a frequent contestant on like chopped and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i know it's so crazy uh scott tell the people where they can find you and where they can find your work yeah, so uh, 444.com has been uh, gracious enough to house me in uh, my mock drafts. I've also been doing a podcast, uh, Move the Line, with uh, Connor Allen and Ryan Noonan. So uh, we're actually going to have Anthony Amico on tomorrow. Um, look, you can find me on Twitter at ScottSmithFF. I'll be out in those Twitter streets uh, pressing that heart button on any Michael Mayer slander tweets. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just how I'll be rolling. We're going to have to have a discussion, sounds like. <laughs> 
Oh God, it's so funny. The last like four guests we've had have all been like, ah, you know, Michael Mayer. I don't know. I don't know. It's and I don't think they're doing a bit. I actually think that they the, the Michael Mayer stuff is shaky. Anyway, well, we'll not see. not not Renner though. Renner loves them. Yes, of course. Yeah. Notre Dame freaks. Okay, that's gonna do it for this mock draft. Evans, things he thinks about the NFL draft will be up late tomorrow night. The Silver Mock Draft 2.0 will be up. Wednesday night, Thursday, we have the draft, of course, Friday. Be sure you stay tuned for that YouTube show. For Evans, for Ben, for Scott, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm.